on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Some companies and some retailers out there have been stockpiling some of the products so they will have Christmas traffic, so they will have post-Black Friday products for their customers. The holiday shopping season is in full swing. What should shoppers expect and how healthy is the Midwest economy? Business in Iowa is booming if the number of new business filings is any indication. And in our business profile, we'll hear about a former bank building now specializing in withdrawals instead of deposits. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of December 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. The new Mid-America Business Conditions Index released this past week showed a healthy economy and improved overall confidence in that economy moving into 2022. But around half of the supply managers who responded to the Creighton University survey expected supply chain disruptions to get worse in the next six months. I recently spoke with economist Dr. Ernie Goss, who oversees these surveys, about the regional economy generally and the holiday shopping outlook in particular. We conduct two surveys here at Creighton University each month. Those are surveys of manufacturing supply managers and also uh, bank CEOs. And both are telling the same story, that this economy is still growing. In fact, GDP now, that's gross domestic product, is above pre-pandemic levels. But now jobs are not. We're still, uh, most of the states we survey, somewhere around 3% non-farm employments, about uh, 3% below pre-pandemic levels. But when you take the Biden stimulus plan, you take the Trump stimulus plan, and you take what the Federal Reserve has done in terms of turning on the money printing press, it's got a lot of pent-up demand out there. And I think we're going to see a pretty darn good Christmas and holiday buying season for the states that we survey in this part of the country. So people have the cash, either because, as you note, the influx of money, changing the child tax credit, that's leading to people getting money sooner than they might otherwise with a tax refund. And so they're they're flush with cash, but are they going to find anything to buy? Has the supply chain broken down to the point that they're just going to sit there with fistful of dollars uh, in their hands? The shelves are not going to be stocked as they have been in previous years. So there will be more empty shelves and there will be more competition for those products on the shelves. And we're going to see higher prices. I'm expecting somewhere north of 7 to 9 to 10% growth in Christmas and holiday buying compared to last season. Of course, that's good, but a good 5% of that, 5 to 6% of that is inflation. When you adjust for inflation, it's still, even with that, you're still going to see a pretty good holiday buying season. And again, though, it's going to be uh, consumers out there when they go in their retail outlets, and there will be more in-store shopping this year than last year. And the online buying growth will not be as great this year as last year. The fear of having packages and products delivered on time from online retailers, there's too much fear there. So it's not going to, we're not going to see the growth this year that we saw last year over 2019. Would have been hard to sustain that kind of growth, though, because wasn't it very significant 
2019 to 2020, the online purchasing because people didn't want to go to stores, et cetera? Absolutely. We're seeing growth there north of 20 percent, 20 to 25 percent growth. And that's a little above what we've been seeing in terms of online growth. And so online buying has been up every year and up significantly. I think this year it's going to be up. It's just not going to be up as much. Again, a lot of fears about that supply chain disruption, supply chain issues in trucking. And a lot of truck drivers not there. We want, we'd like to see more uh, truck drivers out there because we're seeing delays at ports of entry in terms of imports. That would be, of course, Los, Los Angeles and Long Beach and also other ports across the U.S. And on top of that, you've got delays within the U.S. at transportation hubs where you're seeing, again, a significant shortage of workers. And for that matter, Jeff, when you go into that retail, when consumers go into those retail outlets, they're going to find fewer and fewer assistance from individuals in the companies. In other words, they have shortages as well. And so you're going to be standing in longer lines and you're going to have less assistance from in-store uh, support. There have been times that people say, well, I'm going to wait until I see the Black Friday sale bill that comes in the mail or comes in the Sunday newspaper. And recently they've started the Black Friday sales I swear it was for Arbor Day or Labor Day. I mean, they've been going back and back and back. But there are some folks who say, well, that's a pretty good deal, but I want to wait a little. I want to wait till mid-December. I'm going to wait till those businesses get a little more desperate and give me an even better deal. That's not in the cards this year, is it? No, it's not, Jeff. And I have to say, in terms of taking uh, shopping advice from an economist, is a bit risky. However, <laughs> they're going to find fewer bargains and also, again, shortage of certain products. So, the advice from this economist would be shop early and also have a plan. That is, look at the hours of the retailers that you're going to be shopping at. Find out, are they going to be closing early? We count on them being open till 9 p.m., for example. They may be cutting back to 6 p.m. because of the lack of uh, workers, shortage of workers, and that's an issue. Also, do you want to go into a store requiring a mask or not requiring a mask? So this time it's going to be require a lot more planning from those individuals. I know you have done a lot of travel for business over the course of time, whether it's by car or plane. Well, that changed to either nothing or Zoom. I had the same experience, but now I'm starting to get calls from people saying we're going to have events again, not to the level of Ernie Goss level of travel, but are you seeing business travel pick up to any degree it's, it's picking up a bit, Jeff, but there's where the overall economy has failed to come back. We're talking about leisure and hospitality, focuses on the business traveler, and also back to the consumer. If you're traveling via airline, you may find that it's much easier to upgrade going from coach to first class because some of the first class seats are not going to be filled with business travelers this year as, as in pre-COVID. So that's one of the areas we're going to see a lot more traveling from individuals and families, and that will be a lot of automobile travel. Again, uh, some individuals, rightfully so, are concerned about getting stuck in an airport, in a distant airport, switching planes when the next your next flight is not there and you're, you're required to stay longer than you ever intended in this intervening airport. So travel, again, is going to be pretty strong, though, And what's also important, I think, Jeff, for this part of the country, and we're going to see it, is agriculture is having a very good year. 
and the farmers are, I won't say cash rich, I know they don't feel cash rich, but they're in a better cash position according to our survey of bank CEOs than they've been since 2012 and 13. The problem they have, of course, is getting that equipment. Other companies out there that are on strike, so that's that's hurting some of the availability of, in this case, uh, farm equipment, also in terms of your favorite breakfast cereal or whatever that there we're seeing some, again, empty shelves in some cases. And even when there is a strike, and you mentioned obviously Deere, obviously Kellogg's, it doesn't matter when they ratify the contract, there's a lag time before we get back up to where we were before or where we should be. And so realistically, on any of these strikes, once they say, okay, we're back to work, it depends on the industry, but you're talking a significant period of time. If they're off work four or six weeks, does it take another four or six weeks to get back caught up? I think it's going to take even lot more than that, Jeff. We're talking about, in terms of supply chain disruptions, it's going to be the second half of 2022 before we really, really iron out some of those supply chain difficulties. One other issue that we haven't talked about, Jeff, and I haven't heard it much here, we ask our supply chain managers about hoarding of inventory. In other words, uh, stockpiling inventory. 30% of our supply chain managers said they were, in fact, hoarding. So in addition to consumers out there trying to buy, you've got uh, con- supply managers holding back and holding back for some of their customers, for example. In this case, we're talking about wholesalers. They're selling to wholesalers. But nonetheless, some companies and some retailers out there have been stockpiling some of the products so they will have Christmas traffic. So they will have post-Black Friday products for their customers. And arguably, if they're the only ones with material, capitalism being what it is, price just went up well beyond the rate of inflation. Absolutely. We're going to see some bidding and the idea of Black Friday being a bonus. It's going to be better, but we've also got the issue of COVID-19. There are some consumers, uh, I did talk about more in-store shopping, but there are some who remain, they're not willing to put on a mask. They don't want to put on a mask. They want, don't want to rub elbows with other consumers out there. So Black Friday this year is going to be very different from Black Friday in 2019. Dr. Ernie Goss is a Creighton University economist. Still to come, more and more Iowa businesses. And you'll hear about a unique place to get unique books. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, sponsors of a webinar called Your Company Isn't Worth What You Think It Is, Yet. It will be held on both Tuesday, December 7th and Thursday, December 9th. For more information or to register, go to AdvanceIowa.com slash events. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from Iowa History Journal. The November-December issue features stories on legendary educator Phoebe Sudlow, 175 years of Iowa statehood, and a cyclone who ran Monsanto. Get your copy at Fairway, Hy-Vee, and at iowahistoryjournal.com. Many Iowans think of the Secretary of State's office as the place that handles elections. And while that is the highest profile role played by the office, it's also in charge of business filings and reports. 
And as Secretary of State Paul Pate told me this past week, there's a lot of business activity in our state. Our office is the portal for small business in Iowa. It's that first stop most businesses will have, and we help get them through that phase of it and, and perhaps direct it to other agencies if necessary. We have hundreds of thousands of these businesses who come through our office. Every year I go, we've topped out. You can't possibly keep beating the record for new business starts and new LLC filings. And, yep, we do. They keep coming through. A lot of that is attributed to we've had a lot of uh, good things off low interest rates. Let's face it, it. People are taking some steps. And believe it or not, out of COVID, a lot of people have taken the big leap to start their own business. He said, this is the time. So they're doing that. We do fast-track filing now. One of my frustrations as a business owner myself was really – the government is laying another one on me, as I'll say it sometimes, that I have to do a form or something like that. I'm spending my entire day focusing on my company's mission, you know, to get my product or service out, take care of my customers' needs. It's usually at the end of the day a small business owner gets to say, okay, now let's look at the pile what the government laid on me, filing my taxes or doing any other paperwork you have to do. Well, there's no one at the other end to call and ask questions to. Now, what we have done is we've really turned this into a user-friendly approach where you can do almost 90% of all of the things our office has now are online for fast-track filing. That frees up my staff to be on the phone when you want to talk to somebody. Now, we're not done. I don't want to get ahead of my unveiling of cool things to come, but we are looking at how we can improve on the, on the, uh, the call center uh, to giving more hours to people more based on their needs than government's time schedule. Well, the work isn't done, but I can tell you everything indicator I've seen is the economy in Iowa is strong and it's growing. Can it grow faster? Oh, yeah, we'd all love to see that. We've come a long ways in the past four years, and uh, we've got uh, some great things coming down the pike. Coming up, making book buying a full experience. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, sponsors of a webinar to be held on both December 14th and 16th called Peace, Love, and Employee Co-ops. For more or to register, go to advanceiowa.com events. The Iowa Business Report is also presented by totallyiowa.com, a website dedicated to Iowa topics books, DVDs, CDs, radio programs, and more, all at totallyiowa.com. In our business profile this week, you'll hear about the Book Vault, a bookstore located on the Courthouse Square in Oskaloosa. Lisa Oshin is the store manager. Well, the Book Vault started in 2005 in Oskaloosa, Iowa. Joe Crookham and uh, his family members decided to buy what had once been a bank and completely refurbished the bank, but keeping a lot of the same remnants. And it's now part of the independent bookstore systems that are across the United States. So we're the one independent bookstore between Des Moines and Iowa City. So like I said, we've been operating for 16 years 
Chambers. We actually have three vaults. One is the Mystery and Crime Vault. The second is the Iowa Vault. And then upstairs we have what is called the Kids Adventure Vault. And it has all sorts of games and stickers and that. So as we like to say, we've got everything if you're age zero to 100 and uh, the whole political spectrum because it is an independent bookstore. One of the things that I found interesting when I have toured it is the vault concept. It would have been very easy to just simply gut the building, but you've retained these wonderful historic elements, and it truly, especially because of the niches and the genres that you have in them, it really creates a very interesting buying experience. Exactly. It's kind of like, um, I've been watching the British Gardeners show and that, it's actually designed like a Chinese garden. So although it's a very long rectangle on the square and that, as you go in, there's one room and another room and another room. And so it keeps you moving and keeps your curiosity up, which is great uh, for a bookstore. So we still retain the marble teller windows. And so we have that with the history and the novels. And then you can actually see the vault and the mechanism of that and then you go into the true crime uh, in the first vault and you actually feel a little like you're in jail (laughs) as you're looking at those books and then you can round the corner and there's another Iowa vault so you can go in there and see all of the different then you go down the hall and there's a demonstration kitchen which I'm hoping to get the cooks and chefs you know from the area there and then you can go upstairs there's a balcony which we're going to make into our avant-garde balcony kind of young professional books and then you go into another room and it's the children's books and you can sit on the floor or the bench and look at that then you go into another section and it's the five to eight nine through thirteen year old books and then as you round that corner and kids always find that spot that's the kids venture vault and so they go in there then you can still go upstairs on the third level is a meeting room that can seat 65 and then there's a little bit of a crow's nest which the old bank supervisor used to sit in and look down on his employees and make sure everything was good so my office is there now and I'm not watching the employees like that bank supervisor once did but it's great because I'm near at the very top are these uh, green and uh, yellow stained glass that's original to the building so the building was built uh, in the early 1890s and still going strong now. It's been a bookstore for 16 years. Wonderful to see people walk into the bookstore for the first time and they actually pause and they look up and they're like, wow, what was this building? And they can't believe that a bank would have been that fancy, you know, with the marble and the stained glass and the the multi-levels. So that's really fun to see. And then when people come, they always say, oh, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back. Another thing that I noticed, and again, it's been some years since I've been there, but you mentioned earlier the demonstration kitchen and what a great way to get people who are interested in a certain genre. You can have those demonstrations or you could just have an author event and it is not the same as what they're going to find anywhere else. And as I recall, you've got a pretty nice coffee shop right next door. Yes, we do. So we have an adjoining door with a smoky row. So that's kind of nice. People can kind of pop in and back and forth. Yesterday, in fact, we had, she's going to be the new owner of an Italian kitchen on the corner, what used to be Big Ed's uh, barbecue, is now going to be Mama Lasagna. And she's from Italy. She has her two sons with her. And so, so they're going to do a demonstration of several kinds of lasagna. We can serve wine and, and get 
get that broadcast a little bit as well. So it's a really nice setting to have some uh, partnerships with the local businesses. And so I'm really, truly enjoying starting those relationships and that. So let me ask you finally, because this is, to me, another unique part of this. You are the author of multiple books yourself, and now you are managing a wonderfully eclectic, unique bookstore. How is it to be the author and to be working in a bookstore? It almost sounds like a dream. Yeah, it does. Um, (laughs) It's a little nerve-wracking at first, too. I'm used to getting people to read. I've been a community college professor for a long time and then writing the books and that. And so I'm just learning about so many other genres like uh, middle school graphic novels or the true crime novels or, you know, all of this. So it's really been a great learning experience. But I have to admit, the first day when uh, a couple came in, they had stayed at the bed and breakfast and he bought one of my books and asked me to sign it. That truly was like the moment. And I asked if maybe my husband had set him up to do that. It was just too good to be true. Um, but really, it's just so nice to be, you know, in that environment. And people love to come and just, just hang out and just explore. Lisa Oshin is manager of The Book Vault, an independent bookstore in downtown Oskaloosa in Mahaska County. That brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. We're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. And don't forget the weekday edition of the Iowa Business Report, heard on many of these same stations and podcast at totallyiowa.com. Welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.